In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. It continues to be an odd thing to preach to a cell phone on a tripod. I just, I just need to name that in the hopes that it might make me feel a little more comfortable. I've learned some other things, too, in this, in this weird time, um, especially as it relates to doing worship, leading worship live in front of a camera. I've learned that there's more than meets the eye. And what I, might, what I mean by this, you may have seen that I, I'm not alone when I'm leading worship, not, not only because you're gathered there, but I'm not alone because oftentimes George Cooper, our, our dog, is, is right by my side. And what I've learned through George's keen sense of awareness is that there is more than meets the eye. Because so often I don't see or hear anything that would cause him to start barking or hoofing. And yet he sees or hears or smells something. And he alerts me to this presence that is beyond my capacities to be aware of. He's reminded me that there's more than meets the eye. That makes sense in, in, in a very logical sort of way that there's a, a spectrum of, of hearing for humans that is different, narrower than it is for dogs. And the same with the sense of smell. Uh, other creatures can see more than, than we can see. And so they are aware of a reality beyond what, what we are aware of. There's more than meets the eye. We as human beings want to know and need to remember that there is more than meets the eye, that there is a deeper, different, bigger, broader reality to our existence, to the full reality than we can be aware of on a typical day. Oftentimes when we experience the death of a loved one, we are especially keen to some find it there is more than meets the eye. Perhaps you've heard the stories from people who after the death of a loved one, see a butterfly in the middle of winter. Or maybe at the bird feeder, they see a bird that hasn't been there in years. The favorite bird of the person who died suddenly appear. A sign, a reminder that there is more to existence than, than we can be aware of. Maybe after the death of a loved one, you've been sure that you saw them, maybe in a crowd, maybe in your home. Maybe you heard their voice so clearly that you turned to respond. All of those are helpful signs to remind us that there is a reality that is different and deeper, that is eternal that we need to be aware of. And that, that awareness changes the way that we're able to live now. First Peter says that by his mercy, we have been given a new birth through a living hope, a new birth through a living hope. And when we do have that awareness of the resurrection, that death is not the last word, then we too have this new birth and a living hope. The disciples sure got that. 
they got that that sign, that presence of the resurrected Jesus. And eventually, even Thomas got that, that encounter that he needed so that they could have this new birth and a living hope. I, I, I want to go back through just this story just for a minute. It's so um, important that we, we kind of put it in perspective. Uh, the gospel writer, John, is careful to say that this is still the first day of the week. So what that means is this is still Easter day. It's later in that day. There has already been one resurrection appearance of Jesus to Mary Magdalene. And remember, she goes back just as Jesus told her to, to these same disciples. And she says, I have seen the Lord. She knew that there was more than meets the eye. And she told them that. And they're still gathered behind those locked doors in fear. And that's when Jesus appears the second time. And he says, peace be with you. And he shows them his hands and his side, and they rejoice. And then he says, receive the Holy Spirit. As the Father sends me, so I send you. Receive the Holy Spirit, this breath that breathed life into humanity in the beginning, breathes new birth through this living hope of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And Thomas wasn't there. Thomas wasn't there. And so when he shows up, the disciples say the same thing that Mary Magdalene said. We have seen the Lord. And Thomas says, I want to have that experience too. I need to have that experience too. And isn't it a beautiful thing that Jesus answers Thomas request. Jesus gives Thomas what he needs. Jesus meets Thomas where he is, and he says the same thing. Peace be with you. Even though those doors were locked, Jesus appears again. He gives Thomas what he needs. Peace be with you. Gives him that experience, that awareness that death doesn't get the last word, that there is more than meets the eye to this life and to life and love in general. It's the last time we hear about the disciples behind locked doors. The next time Jesus appears, they're on the shore of the Sea of Tiberias. They are, in fact, moving out in this new life with this living hope. They are doing exactly as Jesus breathed that life into them to do. As the Father has sent him, so they were responding to being sent. They were carrying it out. This awareness of a life beyond what we see empowered them to live a different kind of life, to give their lives, to give their lives in the service of God and of others. So where are we? Where are we? Not only on this second Sunday of Easter, but where are we? behind these doors. We are behind doors. We're behind doors, but I hope that even behind these doors, Jesus is still appearing to us too, to remind us of the, of the certainty of this new life and calling us, breathing new life into us and a living hope so that we too can live and give our lives 
with less fear of death. It's important for us to remember that this faith in the resurrection, this good news of the resurrection, does not inoculate us from suffering or fear or death. It doesn't remove the possibility of death for us just as surely as it didn't remove it for Thomas and the disciples and Mary Magdalene. They still died, but they were able to live rooted in, trusting in a deeper truth that there was a life and a love that was deeper and different. It was unconditional and it was eternal. So they could live with that life in mind. That's how we can live in the midst of this pandemic too. I've been thinking about the martyrs of Memphis. Martyrs of Memphis were nuns and also a priest who served the yellow fever victims in Memphis in the 1800s. Much like our plight today, those who could left Memphis, those who couldn't remained and many died. And yet, these nuns came from New York. They came with the other clergy there in the city and they tended to the sick, giving their lives. Giving their lives knowing that there was a bigger life that was supporting all of that. They had a new birth and a living hope. I hope that we can do that too, that we can be so sure that we can have received these good news, these signs so numerous to mention so that we could believe. And in believing, we could have this life, this life now, this life forever. We can still live like that even behind our closed doors. We can do that. We can sew masks. We can get on the phone and check on our neighbors. If you're able to go to the grocery store, you can ask those who are particularly vulnerable, either through health or through finances, if they need something. We can listen with compassion, which we're only able to do if we know that there is a life beyond what we can see. The resurrection does not inoculate us from being behind closed doors nor does it remove the possibility of suffering or even death. But I do hope that it opens our eyes so that we can trust that there is more than meets the eye and that we can live like it. We can give our lives to this bigger, deeper, broader, eternal life. This is God's great gift to us, this new birth, through a living hope in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.